Punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Welcome to episode 56 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis. As always, I'm joined by Adam. And once again, we are joined by a very special recurring guest, Brendan Brad from, from Code Sports. What's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. I wish I could be here under happier circumstances for... for- <laughs> Me, <laughs> oh, you take that up. You take that up. And look, I've had a couple of beers. I'm a bit emotional. I thought I was over it. But I'm still mourning. Apparently, I'm still in mourning. <laughs> the wounds are fresh. So he, fresh. We are an audio-based podcast right now, but if we were in video, you could see he's turned up in his sackcloth and ashes as part of the mandated 30 days of mourning. It's a sad day. For Brendan, it's a sad day for New Zealand combat sports. It's a sad day for this podcast because Israel Adesanya has been dethroned. My goodness me, but it happened at one of the best events of the year, one of the best events of the past few years. Madison Square Garden delivers again. 11 finishes, seven in the first round. The entire main card consisted only of finishes. And of course, that included the fifth round TKO of the former middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya. And at this point, I'm just going to hand it over to Brendan. How are you feeling, bud? <laughs> um, I was getting through it. We were getting there. <laughs> about, at about an hour ago, my mate, who I used to work with at Sporting News, Trent, who's a, the... The video, um, video man, you know, cameraman, video editing extraordinaire, Adam, you know him. He sent me a link and he just sent me this link and it just, in, in all caps, he'd just written, holy fuck. And I saw, you, you can read the headline of a, of a link if you get sent it and it said, um, you know, this interview is the only reason Alex Pereira took up MMA. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, well, what's this going to be? So uh, clicked on it, went into it, obviously. And it's the interview that him and I, Trent and I did with, with Izzy a couple of years back. You guys reposted it last week of Adesanya saying, uh, you know, Ferreira's just some, you know, nobody in a pub trying to get his, his dick sucked by a crack whore and saying, <laughs> I knocked that guy out. And there's all these quotes in there going, it's the only reason he took up, um, took up MMA. He's watched this interview with Sporting News Australia and that's the only reason he did it. So, in some ways, I feel partly responsible for this whole bloody thing. And that clip is now viral on the Punch Drunk Instagram. So, thank you, BB. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew I had an eye for, for clickbait still. And uh, there we go. <laughs> I haven't lost it. 
I mean, every time, every time. So we actually did that that interview in 2018, before, like a couple of weeks before he fought Brunson at MSG, and if but every time he fights, it gets re like it goes back into the algorithm and gets another you know couple of hundred thousand views. I don't know what it's up to on on this Sporting News Facebook page, but it's in the hundreds of thousands. Um, and, and usually it's people rage clicking. Oh, I understand you're knocked out. I understand you're knocked out. Yeah. And so I can only imagine that it's it's just been going wild um, the last couple of days. Yeah. But, well, um, can you yeah. can you imagine if he hadn't have done that interview? Would is he still be the middleweight champion right now? <laughs> if a if a butterfly farts in a forest, like Mike. <laughs> My goodness me, it's incredible how this story has unfolded. It really is one of the most insane stories in combat sports, the rival they had in kickboxing, and then like a man possessed, Alex Pereira chased him to mixed martial arts and really, let's be quite frank, didn't deserve this title shot based off his resume. But for the, but for the previous accomplishments in kickboxing, he's now 3-0 and in all bouts that he's had. And this one really played out not dissimilar to the second match that they had. And if there was just a few seconds extra in that first round, Israel would still be the champion. And we, we would be talking about him closing the door on that chapter of his life, exercising those demons. But instead, the narrative is now around how is, his, is he ever going to be able to mentally overcome what Alex Pereira has done to him and regain his middleweight strap he may be able to in the future against another opponent because the narrative seems to be Pereira is extremely one-dimensional one dimensioned and beatable by pretty much other top five guys in the division but seemingly he's he's got the wood over Adesanya who has run laps around the rest of the division it's a crazy situation we've got to sort of go through the whole fight here. Um, we won't spend as much time on every other fight, but this one, this one really deserves it. And for the majority of the fight, it seemed, Izzy, Izzy was in control of things. He had it in the bag. It was like, it was just like genuine kryptonite. It seemed like the way he lost, like everything that nearly went Izzy's way didn't quite go his way. And then that demon just kept like coming back and coming back. And I think it was like the second round. So obviously Izzy had him rocked at the end of the first. And in the second round, Izzy was doing the thing, like wobbling the legs, kind of getting a bit arrogant. And I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to jinx yourself. And yeah, you know what happened next. But the reason I was actually playing Everybody Hurts was uh, because the parlay got up and I didn't bet on it. But <laughs> 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 we'll get on that. We'll get onto that later. Uh, so I'm in just all sorts of pain, and is I've also like got a little bit of a gripe with Izzy because you know he's been all humble and saying, you know, there's there's more to life than just these losses. You know, and I need to be happy. And then in 15 interviews since then, he said that he's not fighting anyone but Alex Pereira next. So obviously, <laughs> you're a little bit sore, mate. And uh, he allowed him to say, I actually would rather die and lose to him again and I'm hurting like a motherfucker right now because as if you wouldn't be. Uh, it's but, Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that the instant, re the immediate rematch has to be done. It, it just has to be done. It's the only, it's the only way forward. He's, he wins that. We're talking greatest of all time sort of thing. Like he, there's no one else to fight. He's clearing out the division. What's next? 
and he was a couple of minutes away from doing that. He'd won, he won, you know, he was up on the scorecards. It wasn't like he was, he got beat up and then knocked out. Unanimously, um, every judge had him up three rounds to one, one, yeah. four, and five. Yeah, so you, yeah 100%. So like, you guys and, don't think Marvin Vittori deserves the next title shot? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see his tweet right after? <laughs> yeah, all of the people that have lost <laughs> to Izzy were just going off at him. <laughs> the comment that Marv comes on Twitter and goes, oh, I deserve to fight Pereira next. The replies is the funniest. The replies got me over the loss. Uh, like, it's so funny. I mean, the rest of the middleweight division is the epitome of the meme that's like, you know, when you contribute zero to the group project but still get an A. It's like it's like they're all hanging on to this win like they somehow contributed to it or somehow share in it because finally the guy that's tormented them and terrorized them for the last few years has finally has finally been been dethroned. It's 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 so wild. The grappling exchanges weren't good. The grappling exchanges were pretty terrible. And those in themselves, you know, it did look like first week of jujitsu type classes. Everyone just trying to, uh, you know, use their strength, very little technique, which is quite surprising. I really thought Izzy's technique would have been a bit more refined by now. Uh, but that seems to not be the case. And the reason why I bring that up, BB, is you are 100% right. The only fight to make is the rematch because there's so much money in it. It will be one of the biggest rematches of all time, given the story, given the narrative, given the way the fight that was playing out, that Izzy had rounds one, four, three and four, excuse me, in the bag comfortably and was, was seemingly coasting to a decision and doing everything right. Pereira really is very beatable. You throw Rob Whittaker in there, he takes him down and fucks him up. You throw, you know, Derek Brunson in there, he takes him down and we're like, what? Derek Brunson could be the middleweight champion of the world? Comes out, Chemayev does unspeakable things to him. And yet, we can't allow that to happen because Izzy would just go and beat them and take the belt back. But he would never have the win over Pereira and forever his legacy would have that asterisk next to it that, oh, you let someone else go and beat Pereira, the guy that you couldn't get over the line against to win your belt back, that's a fraud belt, that's a paper belt, etc., etc. So it is the fight to that has to be made because the UFC can't risk putting him in with anyone else other than Adesanya at this point because the path to victory is so clear for everyone but Israel Adesanya, who... What was he doing in that fifth round, man? He completely, completely changed tactics. He got the Although yips. He, got, he did. Maybe he got the yips, but this always happens, right? You have... We, we f- we're sort of focusing on the me- on the, the A side here, but we have to give credit to Pereira, who was gassed, who was clearly feeling the effects of a massive, massive weight cut. He looked monstrous in there. But he came out in that fifth round and absolutely put it on Izzy. He, he summoned it out of nowhere. It was a Leon Edwards-esque type revival, even though the fight had been closer than Kamara versus Leon. The circumstances were similar. And we really have to give him credit. And you have to start talking about Alex Pereira now as one of the greatest combat sports athletes to ever do it. He's a two-weight glory champion, absolutely obscene kickboxing record, and then comes in and wins the UFC middleweight strap in his fifth fight. He's the modern era. We're not talking about the old Randy Couture days or the, the Brock Lesnar early days when you could come in and get a title fight in such a, such a small number of fights. It's truly, truly remarkable what Pereira has done. It's 
it's insane because the only reason he got this fight is the storyline, is the the sell, the, the business side of it. It's the only reason. Like, he's had a couple of fights. Yeah, he got <clears throat> some a devastating knockout in his last one. The storyline, the, the, the whole prom- promotion of the card is really made. It's the easiest work that the UFC probably ever had to do. He wasn't supposed to win. Now they've got a guy that no, no one knows. He's never been in a headline before this week. He's never been beyond sort of three rounds before this weekend. That's another reason that the rematch is the only thing that you can do because you can't. He doesn't play. speak English. He doesn't have any <laughs> personality. He can't like, defend against uh, Costa, Marvin Vittori, Brunson because there'd be two B sides. It would be a B and a C side because Pereira's <laughs> still a C side. No one knows who he is. Diehards know who he is. So you got, you got to do the rematch. Um, you think that though? Like, do you actually both think that those other guys would beat Pereira? Because Pereira, it's not like Pereira if knocked they don't go full, out. If they don't go full Strickland, then yeah, they will. Like, if they they've seen now what his power is, legit top level power. If they can just do enough to to get inside and you know get up a clinch and work some body lock takedowns, or some of the guys are good enough to shoot singles and double legs from the outside, you've seen this, yeah. Easy, it's done. But how come they couldn't do like, that to Izzy? He's, because Izzy's got elite takedown defense and has spent much longer in the sport honing that to st- to keep the fight where his skill set is. Pereira just hasn't had the time. He hasn't put the years in on the mat stuffing takedowns. He's far newer to the sport than, than Izzy they, ever and was. Although, almost all those guys, Costa, Marv twice, Romero, they all fought just differently than they usually fight when they fought Adesanya. Like, Joel Romero when he stands there for like a minute. They don't want to get hit by the guy. They fought not, to not get, they fought to not yeah, lose rather than exactly. fought to win. And Pereira is one of the only people recently who's just come forward and fought Izzy to win and to hurt him. Whereas, and Rob, you know, didn't go that well first time. Yeah, and, and then Rob in the second fight, you could arguably say as much as we love Rob on this podcast, we are very much a pro-Rob Whitaker podcast. It did seem that he came to just not get knocked out in the same fashion in the second fight. The the result has made middleweight a lot more interesting, at, like at overall, because you, you know you seemingly Pereira has Adesanya's number, Adesanya's got Whitaker's number. Whitaker can beat everyone else in the division. And before this weekend, it's like, what does Izzy do? Like, is there demand for a, a third fight with Whitaker? I would watch that fight every single week. I love it. I love it. I don't know if they. I don't know if they. They could do it or they would do it. Perth. Now, now you've got so many options. So many options. Do it in Perth. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 division is the division is really wide open. And you know what? We do have to give Adesanya a lot of credit for taking this fight here because the immediate reaction, of course, is to you know jump on and and, and clown him for for what he was saying and the. The, the sort of trash talk, but overall he was quite respectful of Pereira's skills. And to be honest, his confidence was well justified because for the majority of that fight, he was out striking Pereira. He does seem to be the technically better kickboxer. It's just that Pereira brings that ultimate equalizer, that just absurd power out of, out of absolutely nowhere. But you have to give his Eve credit for taking this fight because it, he could have easily kicked this can down the road a couple more times. He could have taken a trilogy with Rob Ritter. He could have, you know, taken up uh, another rising contender through the ranks and said that, that Pereira's got to get to number one, but he didn't. 
This is a guy that's beaten him twice in kickboxing, sparked him out cold, which I believe the only time he's been knocked out in his entire combat sports career. And he welcomed that and he put it all on the line in the biggest spotlight when he was very open about chasing Anderson Silva's legacy, Anderson Silva's records, wins, title defenses, etc. And now it's all gone. He can build it back. But for now, championship status, the trappings and the the luxuries that come with that by being the champion are now gone. Pay-per-view points, probably gone. All of those things, all of those, you know, entitlements that you've earned by becoming the champion are now gone. And we've now seen two mainstays at the top of the division in Kamaru Usman and Israel Adesanya be dethroned after much of the narrative leading up to the fight was, okay, are they going to surpass the agreed goats of their respective divisions in GSP and Anderson Silva. And I've just got to say here that more and more as the sport keeps going on, the legacy and what those two guys did at the top of the sport for so long just becomes more and more ridiculous. Now, I know Anderson Silva never fought a kickboxer with the talents and the resume and power of Alex Pereira, but every time these guys get in there and fight for the championship. They're putting all of those trappings and entitlements on the line, the pay-per-view points, the status as champion, the glory that comes with it, and the pressure builds with every single one of those fights. That's why GSP ultimately walked away. But you have to look back on their legacies and go, wow, they sustained it for that long, for that many consecutive defenses without dropping the ball. It's just remarkable to look back when we see the success and the incredible achievements of Kamaru, of Israel Adesanya, and go, wow, and they're still quite short of, of those legends. It's 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 really remarkable to see. What what Adesanya was able to, like his championship reign was pretty amazing when you consider that he won it. He won that title three years ago, and the first, and, and then he, he defended just before or just after COVID. And so, like, Maybe maybe just before it like really got bad or something like that. Yeah, he had you know a whole lot of unknowns. He's defended against everyone. Yeah, um, he's gone up to light heavyweight, had a crack there, come back down, taken on any, everyone anyone that was there. Um, but like you said, all the trappings, everything's gone. And I can tell you, as much as I love home, there are going to be people that are fucking loving this because it's the biggest tall poppy environment. The New Zealand sporting environment, especially with him. Um, and I was going to say, Israel has made, you know, made a target for his own back in the way that he's been outspoken against certain aspects of New Zealand, including the sports media. And they are going to be coming for him hard. I hope he battens down the hatches, closes off socials. But the way he's handled this makes me think he's not going to. He's been so open. He was just on the MMA hour with Ariel mm. Hawani. Two days, three days after losing it all. Like, what, what kind of individual does that? He said in that interview, I listened to it um, this morning, that he also had just done hot ones before going on Helwani. So, like, it's obviously not out yet, but he's doing fucking hot ones, like one of the biggest shows on the was, internet two days after fighting. But it's pretty He was on with insane. Andrew Schultz as well. Yeah, yeah. He's on with, like, one of the biggest like comedian podcasts. But that, that's too. the thing, like, Adesanya's always been, okay, yes, like, he wants the belt and the 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 records, Anderson Silva's record, and and all that kind of stuff and the money. But at the end, like I remember, used to interview him before this, like on his rise, and he was like, "It's all about the 
They talk about the sport and getting better and blah, blah, blah. I don't think he com- completely lost that mindset, although he mm-hmm. talks so much other stuff now. So when he came out and did, he's, uh, he spoke to Megan O'Levy like straight after, and then he went to the, the presser. It's that, that win or lose, nothing changes. He, you know, that was, he went to work. He's still got to get up the next day. Um, you know, if, if he'd won, he'd gone on, he would have gone on, done all the interviews. If he lost, he's still got to go, you know, still got to do the same thing because life goes on. Oh, it's got to be a little bit of damage control as well, though, because you know the fucking wave that's coming anyway. So if you don't handle it perfectly, that wave is going to be a fucking tsunami of just people going ballistic. But as you said, they're kind of out there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I go back to when Ronda Rousey got fucking knocked out by Holly Holm and she basically ran. Like, I remember she flew flew back. She unraveled. Yeah. She covered her face with a with a pillow through the airport. No one was allowed to look at her. No one didn't do interviews for months. No one heard from her. Um, and then when when Conor McGregor lost to Diaz the first time, back when the Conor McGregor wave was still really enjoyable, and it was he was similar. <laughs> like he came back and, and he did the did the presser, and it was like, yeah, this is the sport. What a what a ride. Um, you know, shit happens. Learn from it. We'll be back. And Israel's much more on that side. So yeah, what are you saying, BB? Are you saying women are sore losers and men aren't? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would actually think he said he just, uh, BB predicts Conor McGregor-esque downfall for Israel Adesanya. He's actually about to go and uh, have a two, two-on-one with KSI and Israel Adesanya and box Floyd Mayweather in a, in a dog shit oh. exhibition fight. That's, that's what BB's predicting. Like Adesanya just leaping over the cage after that fight and like drop kicking Glover to Shearer in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like a bitch. Yeah. I mean, we could do the entire 45, 50 minutes just on this on this fight. We should we should move on, of course, but it really was the an incredible ending to what was an incredible card. We can very quickly talk about the main event. Just sorry, the co-main event. I've just got to give Props to Zhang Wei Li. She looks sensational. She neutralized every element that Carla Esparza could possibly bring. And she... Which was... She, well, a bit of grappling. A bit of grappling. Zero personality. Pillow-fisted hands. You know, just... Uh, the, you know, there was a moment, and I, don't, and I wanted to, to grab it and put it up, and then the, the moment had gone because I realized I was watching Embedded a couple of days behind. And it was a moment that encapsulated just how just down bad Carla Esparza's run as champion was. It showed her going into a hotel room and it was just like the most mid-standard hotel room ever. And she was like, champ benefits. I was like, oh, sweetheart. They just put you in like, <laughs> they just put you in like the stand, the standard room. Izzy's in a fucking palace up in the New Jersey woods somewhere or wherever he is. Everyone else. And it was, it was so sad. It was like, they could have put, she's so small as well. They could have just put her in a, you know, a Kramer chest of drawers and she would have been like, oh, champ perks, I got a roof over my head. It was so sad. I was like, aim higher, girl, because this is this is the end of the road. And all I'll say is Carla Esparza, and, she, you know, she seems like a nice person. I've got nothing against her personally, but she doesn't bring personality in the cage. She, she doesn't bring personality outside of the cage. She doesn't bring an interesting fighting style. 
I'm so glad that Zhang Weili is the champion again because she's a dynamic, exciting fighter. She's got a great personality outside the cage. She's learning English and gets like and like brings a little bit more of herself out every fight. Where you know it's so great for the division. The UFC Dana White is just tugging it into a pile of of hundred dollar bills right now because he can he just sees the the dollar signs spinning for the Chinese market that Zhang Weili can bring. But I gotta say, Carla Esparza is just <laughs> glad that Nick Nico Montano exists because she would be the worst champion in UFC history if it wasn't for Nico Montano. My goodness! Don't forget Jermaine Durandamy. That was dog shit as well. Yeah, that's Jermaine. Yeah, G- GDR hasn't done much either. I mean, these guys, these girls are fighting it out for dog shittiest champion of all time, and it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty fun battle. It's a tough look. After your level seven hotel room, it's a tough look to walk into Madison Square Garden in your home country and be booed in favor of a Chinese fighter. Like that's tough. That's that's yeah. brutal. Yeah, I mean, Ch- China's like low key hell bent on nuking America in the next like <laughs> co- couple of years, and the and the the pro USA crowd was still like, nah, sorry, Carla, your cheeks, get on with it. I will say there's one, but you mentioned the, the grappling in Pereira Adesanya and, and it was just looked like, I don't know, a couple of elephants falling over. There was some, <laughs> there was some grappling in this. In the, it was good. It was, it was like fucking slick. I was like, geez, I can't did you see, see did that. you see the back take Wei Lee got from stuffing the sing, single yeah. leg? That yeah, was so was, slick. <laughs> they were reversing it. Just like, yeah. I, yeah. Probably the, highlight of an otherwise like entirely predictable outcome in that one um yeah i couldn't see any other way that that was going no, and i and i think you know rose has been the one to to, to slow down Whaley, but i think at this point she's learned enough and developed enough where she could she could hang on to this belt for a couple of years rose seems to be mentally in shambles after that after that last fight and uh, you know she had a lot of success with stuffing the takedowns, but I think it's just Whaley's bigger, stronger, and is improving day after day, week after week. So I think I think she defends against whoever they throw at her next. It certainly won't be Rose after that performance. But yeah, congratulations, congratulations to to Zhang Whaley on on a, on a very good performance. I don't know how she hasn't just been the champ for like four years straight. Or oh, you said that last <laughs> yeah. last ep though. Yeah, MMA is whack, dude. Yeah. It's weird yeah. that division as well. Um, but let's let's go next fight of the night, man. Oh man, what Michael Chandler just puts his balls out there and is like, I'm going to deliver you a fight of the night, honest. And he does it every time. That man is an absolute lunatic, but it takes two to tango. It takes two to tango and Justin Poirier came to scrap as well. What a bloody fight. And man, it's got to be eating up Michael Chandler that he just keeps falling short. I know he says he's here to make money and he's here to put a show on the fan, show on for the fans, and ultimately that's what he's going to look back and judge his career on. But he's been so close to UFC gold, and this fight, he was so close to getting the win, and he would have been right back in there in in a really tough matchup, I think, for Islam Makachev, and now he seems further away. From ever, he was closer before he'd had a fight in the UFC than he is at this point. Very it's, similar it's, to, to very similar to Justin Gaethje when he came in. It was just like all action, yeah. fireworks. It's it's all or nothing. 
and then he copped a couple of losses and he went back and, and made some changes and, and, and came back and fought for the title and that, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, there still seems to me to be enough excitement around Chandler that although he's had all those losses or, you know, although he's doesn't, he comes up short in the big stage that there's, there's still big fights from, there's still big moments. Yeah, from. for sure. Um, like, I, I don't know whether it's, it's almost like a Cowboy Cerrone situation where he's just got so much goodwill. And that, just um, seems like he still is like a top five fighter. Like, yeah, you, see, you, know, you see what he did to Dan Hooker, him. just made him look like yeah. an amateur. And, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he just, it's just silly if he fights a lower ranked fighter because he probably just beats him the fuck up. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's like a good company man as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've done like two like media things with him and he's just like the nicest bloke. Like, you, you'll ask him a question and he'll say your name back and give you like a really good answer. It just seems like such an easy guy to work with. Um, do that you want to see do well, but man, Dustin Fourier. It's low key, maybe not even low key. He's been in like the best fights over the past seven years. I think he's been in more absolute crackers than maybe anyone else in the UFC. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like yeah, it's it's let's let's pull up his uh he's beaten yeah, everyone. Look, he's gone. Obviously, this Chandler fight, the crazy fight with Oliveira, the, the he, two fights he, with, with Conor McGregor, the absolute insane war that he had with Dan Hooker. Hooker. Okay, and he lost to Khabib. He had that great fight with Max Holloway. Eddie Alvarez he put away. This insane war with Justin Gaethje. Anthony Pett. Uh, just It just goes on. And look at his career. Yeah. He's, at now, he's now at 37 fights, only seven losses. He's never lost back-to-back. He always comes back better than the version before. And I did on the last podcast question where he was mentally, whether he still had the desire after coming up short for a title again. He's got that money now. He's got all the trappings from the Conor McGregor fight. He's got generational money. His hot sauce has just partnered with the UFC, which is going to make him so unbelievably rich Maybe, you know, he's not going to be able to do like a proper whiskey, half a bill kind of situation, but some big company is going to come and buy out the rights to that that Louisiana hot sauce. Mm-hmm. And he's going to make double digit millions of dollars when he sells that company. He is absolutely set for life. And yet he was still willing to go to the dark place with one of the most dangerous, hardest punching dudes on, on in the division in Michael Chandler. He took those shots. He weathered the storm and he... In the first round, he it was like, oh, my goodness, Mike's going to put him away. And then Poirier's like, not so fast. Your boy's still here. Unreal. Between UFC 208 and, and February 2017, and when he fought Conor McGregor at UFC 257 in January 21, he fought nine times. And in seven of those fights, he got a performance or fight of the night bonus. Like seven of nine. And you're looking at like, that Jim Miller fight was sick. Eddie Alvarez, Pettis, Gaethje, Alvarez again. Holloway for the interim title. Khabib, obviously, he didn't get anything there. Hooker, McGregor, McGregor again. It's just it's just wild, man. Um, How did he lose to Michael Johnson? <laughs> that was Michael like Johnson. that was so heated in the build-up, and he just lost yeah. his rag, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's definitely got better at that, though, because obviously Connor did that to him at 145, and Michael Johnson did it, but he's, he's, he seems to be in such a good place mentally. He's so 
stable and is just he's just there. He's so present in the fight. Michael Chandler is not. Michael Chandler, <laughs> Michael Chandler just goes full zero IQ once he gets in there and sees blood. If he had just taken a second to assess, he could have finished that fight multiple times. Instead, he gasses himself out and he was he was cooked by the third round. He was absolutely cooked. Poirier comes out and and taps him so fast. That was such a slick transition. Stuffs the you gets taken down, but uses that to to take Chandler's back because he doesn't secure it properly and snaps that rear naked choke on so fast. Chandler didn't have a, an opportunity to defend it, grab the hands. And it's what? so rare that you get a fight where there's so much public anticipation for it, so much prediction on how it's going to go and how violent and fun it's going to be. And it lives up to expectations. <laughs> and we've had that with Chandler both times. New rule, right? If I'm commissioner, if I'm Dana White, new rule, Michael Chandler's only allowed to fight in Madison Square Garden. He's never <laughs> going to win, but he's just going to put on absolute barn burners. Yeah, I'll pay him $3 million a, three million a fight just to fight anyone in Madison Square Garden. I'll be putting on freak shows. Michael Chandler versus a bear. Michael Chandler versus Fedor. Michael Chandler versus <laughs> Mike Tyson. That'd be good. Battle of the Iron Mikes. Bring back old... Bring back Mike Tyson for, for, for a scrap. What a bizarre time to be a, a combat sports fan. Right? Oh, on one hand, so, you have on one hand you have like legends of the sport, and we're about to get to break your heart, Frankie Yudka, and, and 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 absolute barn burners like Poirier and and Chandler, and then like the next weekend you'll have who did the Paul brother just fight? Anderson Silva fighting like a YouTube guy. It's, it's a bizarre time. It's a bizarre yeah. world. I mean, we had, I don't even know who Deji, Deji, Deji is, but he was moving around with Floyd Mayweather in a terrible exhibition fight. And then John Fury had his shirt off and was screaming at Jake Paul. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. Tyson, Tyson, Fury, Tyson Fury's, Tyson Fury's dad. That is the oh, first time in the history old. I've just been like, Fuck, I hope Jake Paul hits that guy in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It, was, it wasn't Adam's proudest tug, but he still got it done. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't climax yeah, after uh, Esparza, and then Izzy obviously made me go soft, so I was looking for I was desperate. He's trolling the deep, dark corners of the internet, and he stumbled across a, a weird edit of John Fury being... Turned into the whole. <laughs> I saw the um, best 50 50 of like him next to Shrek and like their teeth are the same, <laughs> like exactly the same. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, That's they cool. are identical. Yeah. I mean, BB's already brought it up. Frankie Edgar. I mean, a legend, certified Hall of Famer, <laughs> one of the best to ever do it at 155 pounds, put on so many great fights. And I have no doubt that the UFC probably would have given him a layup fight in his retirement. But that's not Frankie Edgar. He would. He wanted to go out, at, you know, with a legitimate win or on his shield. Unfortunately, he went out on his shield. It was his fourth knockout loss in on five fights. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He's still there. He hasn't moved. Oh, Dear me. I mean, the. I think he made the, the wrong call. The layup was the move. <laughs> the violence in which he's been knocked out. Corey Sanhagen flying knee. Cheeto Vera with the Back to the Future, you know, hyperbolic time shaver aged him a thousand years with the, with the front kick. 
and then Chris Gutierrez need him. And that's Frankie Edgar in his prime, eats that knee and keeps wading forward and is is fine. The, the, the spirit is there. The chin was not. It was cracked a long time ago. But he's delivered us some absolutely sensational moments. He, you know, is, is up there when it comes to the great 155 champions, um, you know, in, in the division. It's, it's a shame it had to end like this, but Frank Yeager is a fighter, man. He, he, I hope he's okay. His health, you know, later in life, he seemed to re, re, you know, respond well and all that kind of stuff after, after the fact. But I guess, I guess time will, time will tell down the line. Adam's, Adam's dying over there. <laughs> I hope his health's going to be good when he's older. Obviously it's not going to be. He's already slurring. He's already, uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen him get into the comment sections of, of BJ Penn's um, oh. Instagram post. <laughs> um, don't, don't speak ill of the dead, okay? Um, if you're going to have your kids there, have a layout fight. Don't fight someone that's going to Yeah, see don't, you. don't bring your wife and kids to see you get absolutely flatlined. It's, <laughs> that's, it's traumatic for them. And they're just like, oh, no, dad's dead. And it's like, no, he's okay. Not yet. <laughs> he's going to be time, okay. That's the first sign that maybe his brain isn't quite there. Oh. It's, 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 and, you know, no jo- I, I hope he's being well compensated. I think... I think through his reign as champion, he was pulling in a lot of money by sponsorships. He was, you know, before the WME era, I think Frankie Edgar was able to make quite a lot of money and he's going to be able to make a good career now out of, uh, of coaching and, and probably open a gym and, and that's that sort of stuff. I, w- I was going to say motivational speaker, but given the way <laughs> things are going, pro- probably, probably not. Um, Matchmaker. But- <laughs> yeah well he, he beat gray maynard so now he's gonna go take mick maynard's job as well like why not um yeah i mean it's 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 sad it's sad but there's no fairy tales in mma it's a sport that takes everything from you and, and leaves you with very little it's it's brutal but you know, congrats to frankie yeah, edgar on on a legendary career um, and just to yeah. save us a little bit of time because i know bb's got a heart out soon Everything we just said, same for Dominic Reyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without the Hall of Fame status, what the shit, man? He just got knocked out by a jab. <laughs> I hate the, I hate the narrative that people are pushing that John Jones took his will or took his took his soul in that <laughs> fucking punch. So you hate the truth. Uh, Oh, I hate John Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shit, man. Four fights on the truck. Damn. All against, you know, and just murderous defeats as well. Mm. And he was like, I'm back. He needs, so the people around, I know we said we we're going to talk about, but the people around Dominic Reyes need to have a very honest conversation with him and say, look, man, like, maybe once the chin's gone, it's through no fault of your own. There's nothing you can do to get it back. That was two years off. He obviously he could probably get down to middleweight. Look at the size of Alex Pereiras compared to him. He could get down to middleweight if he wanted to. I don't know if that would be better going against slightly less powerful opponents, but then will it be drained and depleted from the weight cut? It does seem like he probably just needs to 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 hang it up now. Um, I think um, he won't. 
he won't. He's he's making all the wrong comments. He d- I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think we see Dom Reyes get knocked out again, very sadly. I think what they need to do is just say, one more fight against Francis and Garner and bring your kids. Honestly, this is the one. The Dom, it's going to be good for you. You don't have to wait, cut. You don't have to wait, cut. You can spend time building up all the neck muscles. You can come in as heavy as you want. And we'll just yeah. see if Francis's jab puts your head up. <laughs> Dominic Reyes, Frankie Edgar, loser goes home. <laughs> Do it at middleweight. I like it. Oh, my, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, That's a WWE right, con- thing. I swear they once had fights for like custody of children and shit. <laughs> John, John Anik would be the absolute king of, of uh, commentating on that fight. He gets all the goss about child custody battles. Oh, oh. Right, I'm, con- I'm conscious of BB's time here, got- <laughs> so we'll we'll mix up we'll mix up the order a little bit here. We got we got two fights to talk about. One I'm sure he's going to be very happy with. The other, not so much. We're of course talking about Dan Hooker and his teammate Brad Riddell. What obviously a great performance and great sort of writing of the ship for Dan Hooker. He looked great, and it's good to see him back in the mix all of a sudden at 155. Claudio Puelles, piss off with you with your bloody calamari rolls. Don't want to see it. And Brad, Brad Rydell, yeah, he just, just came up against an incredibly tough opponent. We, we, we said on the preview show what a what an absolute gangster Anato Moicano is. It proved to be that way. And it also looks like it could, not definitively, but it, it might be the last time we see Brad Rydell in the octagon, certainly for a long time. Someone needs to tell that Claudio Puelles bloke. Just so, someone's told him that he can fight, and he believes it because it's like it looks like like he can roll around and I don't know how close he's he like was. Ryan Hall, right? Jiu-jitsu guy, but he was yeah. it, he, he can do jujitsu. I don't know how close he was to pulling a submission on on Dan Hooker, but it looks like he's walked walked into a boxing gym like the first day in his life, and and, and like put him in with Dan Hooker in four hours. Clubs. It's the first time I've ever been like, maybe I could be in the UFC. <laughs> I think I could take that guy. Yeah. It's like when you watch when you watch X Factor, like when you watch like the sacrificial lambs in the first couple of weeks of X Factor or American Idol or whatever, and the people genuinely think they can sing. Like, <laughs> where are the people around you sit like gassing you up, letting you think that you can do this? Except that the stakes fight, are way higher. That fight needed um was old mate Randy from the yeah. original American Idol. Randy Jackson, it's going to be a no from me, dog. No from me, no. Right at the end of the first round, it's a no from me, dog. It's fighting <laughs> Red buzzer. That would make MMA way better if the judges, the three judges could, if the first round was shit, they could just buzz it off and no one gets a win. That would be amazing. <laughs> what, a, what an addition. Like yes, yes. I guarantee in Russia it's already happening. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, insane. Um BB, any, any, you know, great to see Dan Hooker turn it around. Yeah. But any any thoughts on on Brad Rydell? I assume you've seen his Instagram post. Yeah, it just seems like he doesn't have that fire anymore, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And, and you know, like you know, we've sort of mentioned Don Reyes and and Frankie Edgar, seemingly you know keep fighting, you know, with their heart maybe not in it or or just not doing the right things. And I think it's a really good move from Brad. You know, sort of you, as soon as you sort of half in half out or you don't want to be at training or the you know camp 
is all of a sudden a chore, it's time to start thinking about whether you really want to want to keep doing it or have a break and try, try and refresh. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought Brad would make a bit more of a go of it in this fight. I, th- I thought it'd be a, a bit more entertaining, but um, that's the that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, he's there's three on the bounce now against against really tough opponents. Raphael Fazeev, who is a friend as well of his. I wonder if if that having to go in there and go toe-to-toe with someone he considers a friend and then getting sparked out like that was one of the contributing factors to being like, if I don't love this 100% and have a single-minded desire to be the best in the world, then what the hell am I doing? And he did say it was like a big relief off his chest. He felt that way going into the Jalen Turner fight and the Hanato Moicano fight most recently. And really the results speak to themselves. When you look the, look at the run he went on, 10 and 1 looked superb in that in that division. He was being talked about as one of the best prospects outside of the top 15. And yeah, I, he's still relatively young, I believe. Is he? It took a while to get into the yeah, UFC. He's, he was but he's, he's, only, he's only 31. He you know, he had a lot of tread on the tires in kickboxing, it seems. 59 kickboxing fights. So a lot of tread on the tires, but he is only 31. You know, it's the kind of guy you could see come back at. 33, 34 years old, even refreshed, maybe at the same weight class, maybe in another another weight division. You just you just don't know. But wish Brad all the best in in whatever he decides to do. If this if this is the end, or you know, in in the interim, while he, he takes some time off and you know, shares it with his family and gets his gets himself in the right headspace to compete. By by all accounts, from everything I've heard, he's a really really good coach, like a really good teacher um, that takes classes and stuff back in New Zealand. So yep. if he doesn't fight again, you can see him moving into that sort of Eugene Behrman kind of a role, like a, a trainer, yep. head trainer kind of thing, um, which would be cool to see, I reckon, like sort of the next generation. Um, yeah. he, Are you, you wonder if he maybe opens up a, a satellite CKB somewhere else, maybe somewhere else in New Zealand as, as, as they grow their reach or even even internationally. He seems yeah. like the kind of, kind of guy who would be able to do that, especially – with the time he spent in Thailand, and that's becoming a more and more desirable place for camps and uh, things like that for, for obvious reasons. So, yeah, so, so, so I'm sure he's got plenty of irons in the fire, and he, he's not going to be one of those guys who's forced to come back for, for money. It seems like he'll he'll be one of those guys that comes back to if, if the spark is there. If it, if it does, great. If not, we, we certainly wish Brad all the best in his next his next ventures. Oh, one more guy we got to talk about. He kicked off the main event in style. Big, sexy Carlos Olberg, looking sensational, looking absolutely brilliant. Daddy, what a specimen! What a specimen! It's unfair. It's unfair. There is people in life who look like Carlos Olberg, and then there's people in life that look like Adam. And they just, you know, they are just not cut from the same cloth. I knew what was going. Yeah, I put myself in that category as well. <laughs> I was going to say, you need to buy some fucking mirrors over there in Hungary, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cracked, cracked them all, mate. Every time I look, they just shatter. They just shatter. He's, um, he's, gone, he's gone three in a row now, two great finishes. Um, I'm not sure. I, don't, I doubt he'll have been, been ranked at this point. No, he's not yet ranked, but you'll have to think he's, he's certainly knocking, knocking on the door. Um, Reyes? <laughs> feed him feed him bro feed him i mean that's that would just be so cruel to poor dom reyes who is still somehow inside the top 12 but looking at the division we got some fights paul craig is going to be fighting 
Johnny Walker, Jimmy Crute, who was just announced, going to be fighting on the Perth card against Khalil Roundtree Jr. That's a heck of a fight. I mean, Ryan Spann probably deserves a fight upwards after his murder. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, Google's given the old 10 minutes left, so we'll crack on. But yeah, hopefully Carlos Alberg gets, gets a fight to, to position him for a crack inside the top 15 sooner rather than later. That was excellent. Uh, Matt, Fr- Matt Frivola, we're going to go through, quickly through these fights now. Matt Fr- Frivola, my goodness. I mean, there was a lot of talk about uh, Azetar being a, a dangerous puncher. Matt Frivola brings it every time, and he he absolutely sparked him out cold. Superb, superb win for him. And got to talk about it. We've had BB's Everybody Hurts moment, and I've got to bring it around for, for Meatball Molly, who... Toughed it out for as long as she could, but she just got absolutely washed. We talked about it on the on the previous show. This was a true old school clash of styles. If she could stuff the takedown, she might be able to make a fight of it. The second it went to the mat, it was going to be all over. You just can't bridge the gap no matter how long she trains for. Erin Blanchfield is just a, a grappling prodigy, and it showed that way. She looked spectacular. She rocked the microphone afterwards. She prepared and did everything exactly right. She she used the hype train, the notoriety, the platform that fighting Molly McCann gives you. She took her licks in fight week. She was booed by her home crowd, but she took all that and she turned that into a career-changing win. She is now so well known and she's one or two shots, one or two fights away from a title shot. That's one of the biggest fuck you wins I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's just she's from New Jersey. She's yeah. from 20 minutes down the road. And they, yeah, man. That's that's the power of Barstool. It's incredible, right? Like, <laughs> it really is. Like, but Barstool has 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 put Molly and Paddy in in such high esteem in, in the US market that, that Aaron Blanchfield was booed 20 minutes from home. It's 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 pretty remarkable. I, I, but, I, you know, everyone, because Molly's so outspoken and she's a big gregarious personality and she likes to talk a bit of shit, everyone was just preying on her downfall. And the trolls that have come out to, to sort of dance on her grave after this one have been incredible. The number of uh, Twitter accounts I've seen with comments was like zero followers, you know, zero following one account. And they were made in like immediately after the fight just to jump online and, and drag Molly's is is insane like it's uh it's it's pretty hectic it's sort of amusing but you know is what it is they're all your friends accounts <laughs> it's just adam just and his little troll and his little troll farm ready to go um yeah any other fights you boys want to talk about i think we covered all of the all of the stoppages all of the entertaining fights um the Just the weirdness win. after the Carolina fight where the guy comes in and changes the scores. No, oh, won. yeah, I forgot about that. What, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, so that, that was... Oh, and Nate Diaz's was, fight with fucking... Uh, who was it? Dylan <laughs> Danish or some... Oh, yeah, I don't know. That Dylan Danish just shows up at events to get slapped. That seems to be his new career now because he sure as shit ain't a fighter. He hasn't fought for about a hundred years in Bellator. I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> He's just Nate such Diaz a is troll. Going that way too. <laughs> Diaz is on that path. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't he punch on with someone at? Um, was it the Adesanya? Ah, uh, the uh, Anderson Silva fight. 
Chuckle yeah, Chuckle. well, it was someone in his camp had a punch up with Jake Paul's uncle or something like that. I don't know. It's just, it's just a mess. It's just an, it's just an absolute, um, you know, side sideshow. No idea what's going on. But there is a couple more things we've got to quickly touch on. Adam alluded to do it earlier. We did it, baby. The parlay paying six dollars eighty. The boys are back in town. Look, I'd love to celebrate Carlos with Carlos Big Sexy, <laughs> Dustin Poirier, Jean Lee, Frivola versus Altman not to go the distance. We did it, Adam. Please tell me, did you bet it, uh, Alex Pereira to win by KO? Please tell me you did that. Did you Did you at least get a little bit of little bit of cheddar? No. I, oh, my goodness. You can quote me if you go back in the last pod. You can see that I literally said the bet of the night is probably Pereira by KO, $3.80. Didn't get on it. Didn't get on the parlay. Got on about three other things. They all lost. And what, what a casual! Fuck. What an absolute casual! Just maybe I might start listening to our own pod. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, but that's that's great to see the parlay get up. Uh, it's about this only the second or third time. It's Literally happened, every week you know, I say chase your fucking losses, and I didn't chase my <laughs> fucking losses. <laughs> Oh, I mean, we'd, um, we'd easily be back even now because it was paying six eighty. So if you put the same stake on everyone, would be would be profiting again. I reckon just yeah, would be profiting easy, easy. We 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 only we only give you success on your return on investment. Um, very very quickly next week we've got Derek Lewis against Sergey Spivak. Kind of a a mediocre card, I would say, especially after the events we've just had. But one for our interest in. Uh, the down on the neck of the woods is Jack Della Madalena is fighting Danny Roberts in his what is surefire banger. Load Danny up Roberts on Jack only, Della. Danny Roberts is only in fun fights. Uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to, to seeing how that one plays out. And then we got to finish the show. Bit of a, well, a very sad note, really. And it was announced yesterday that uh, former light heavyweight contender Anthony Rumble Johnson passed away at the age of 38 after seemingly a long battle with illness. Uh, I believe it was some cancer-related issue that then turned into uh, internal organ infection and, and some uh, autoimmune conditions. So really, really sad news uh, for, for Rumble Johnson, who in his time in the UFC fought at welterweight and light heavyweight. And then when he came up to light heavyweight, just murked everyone, including like Glover Teixeira and like real high-level dudes. He had, he had Alex Pereira sort of goodnight mm-hmm. power. Uh, he was so much fun to watch. So, you know, uh, sad news for Rumble Johnson. Uh, MMA, MMA scene lost a good one. Guys, anything else you wanted to add? I, I'm conscious Google's about to kick us out of this this meeting as well. I didn't realize that they put a time. We were, we got double time constraints. BB's got to run. Google's telling us to 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 get out of here. So, without further ado, BB, thank you so much for joining us. It's always great to have you on, Adam. It was all right to see you, I guess. Um, get us, get us on out of here, ads. All right, you can follow us at Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram, Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok, Punch Drunk Podcast on YouTube, Punch Drunk Pod at gmail.com, Spotify, Apple. Give us five star ratings. Thank you so much, BB, for coming on, and here's hoping Izzy can get that belt back. Cheers, guys. Peace. 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 Peace.